You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more. Go to policyadvocate.com. That'd be policyadvocate.com. Or call 888-904-2524. Onward we go with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols and pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio begins right freaking now. All right, that's always good. It's fun to get started. There are my boys right there. There's Corey, there's Ira. They both work for Warchant. I sometimes do. My primary job is working for ESPN. We thank all of you for listening to the program per usual. This hour brought to you by our friends at Register Sausage. Yay, sausage! <laughs> the, uh, just, just let it sit. I you don't have to say right. anything. Just let it sit for about 20 seconds, and then let's start the show. You like that? <laughs> let it percolate. Yeah. Um, Actually, got some uh, some news, some developments over there at uh, registermeats.com, the some website. Come to light. Well, one thing is uh, our promo code has been shut down. There was just too much too much demand. Mm. Two weeks was enough. Mm. They've shut down the Elite Headliner promo code. If you didn't use it yet, too bad. You had uh, two weeks, for Christ's sakes. But uh, it might come back at some point down the line, but we've had to put a pause on that. Um, they got the new labels coming out. I don't know if you guys saw that on Twitter. I ben, uh, New labels are sharp. And then so look for that in your stores, in your grocery stores around Florida and into Alabama in South Georgia. And then also got some more big news about some expansion stuff. I don't know, you know, I can't go into details, but we've got some expansion of the register sausage brand, uh, could be going to some new locations, some, some new parts of the state. So, uh, be on the lookout for that. We'll have more information as that comes on, but you can always order from registermeats.com. You can get your sausages, your andouille, your jalapeno cheddar, any of your favorites, and, uh, they'll deliver them to you. I think within two days, um, and it comes in the uh, little cooler with ice and everything. It's they do a great job with that. So if you uh, need any, uh, I don't think you can get them in time for the sh- Super Bowl at this point. You might have missed out, 
But for your next event, you need to order your uh, register sausage. I tell you what, this has done this uh, partnership we have with registers. It's it's got me off uh, uh, sausage patties forever. I was never a huge sausage patty guy anyway. Mm-mm. But the but the sausage links now that I have it a lot with registers because Stephanie will cook it up for me. I'm like, what are people doing wasting their time with the sausage patties? You know what I, I mean? Like, Unless I like you're eating the- like a sausage egg McMuffin. There's no, and even then, you should take that sausage out and put some registers in there. <laughs> exactly. Could you, you show up into the store with I was you? Gonna, yeah. I was gonna say, can you come to McDonald's and be like, hey, Listen. throw that other patty out the window. Yeah. Put this on there, please. Yeah. Hey, use Alex, your gloves. You and I both know why that McMuffin's a dollar eighty. Why don't we <laughs> yeah. have the patty? Yeah. Why don't we do some things here and do the right thing? Uh, well, so I think I had it right when Ira. You know, he, he lets us in on the new information. Just my simple yay sausage was spot on. There's a lot of things sausage happening. And we can yeah, sell right. Sausage. And stuff to be excited about. It's, it's, it's good times. It's good time. More exciting than getting news of another COVID stoppage uh, for Florida State basketball, which, damn it, man. A, I was wanting to see. You know, it's all fun and games till it affects your team. Because I was, uh, I was really looking forward to that 100-point beatdown they were going to give BC tonight. Yeah, with the uh, with the scout team out there doing their damnedest uh, to mess with Florida State's athletes, but but B man, I'm so frustrated. This season is aggravating in a lot of ways. I know everybody's dealing with it. Um, nothing you can do about it, obviously. But uh, I don't. I don't. There's no way to predict how it'll affect the team. I do know the last time that this happened, obviously they came out like gangbusters afterwards. So cross your fingers, the same thing happens there. What do you think in terms of, I know that we have some headliner questions both on Twitter and Facebook regarding this. Any chance these three games that are being uh, postponed or canceled right now will, will have any chance to be made up at the end of the year, or or do we think they're just lost forever? I think they should just punt on the pit game. Like, they've tried it twice, it's not working, so just don't even try that again. Uh, uh, I would think, if you look at Florida State's schedule, they have, uh, they have a Saturday-Monday, like they come back on Saturday against Wake Forest, like two Saturdays from now, whatever that would be. February, just take a shot, 13th. And then um, they, they play Virginia that Monday. And then they don't play again until the next Saturday. You could try to finagle in another game that week between the Monday and the Saturday. The problem is every week after that is Saturday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. So you could sprinkle a Monday game in there. But number one, the team you're trying to uh, work with would also have to agree to play that Monday. And then I don't know that Florida State's going to want to have like two or three weeks in a row where they play, three, you know, yeah. Saturday, Monday, Wednesday. That's hard. So I think there's a chance they could get one maybe back. But probably like the Pitt game is lost for sure. The Syracuse game from back in January is lost for sure, I would this imagine. This game is gone. They don't need to play it anyhow. I want to play that Virginia Tech game. You'd like to play that Duke game. Yeah. The way they look. Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, – you know, Hamilton was, he kind of vented a little bit last week. He was not happy. He expressed uh, the fact that he felt like they should have played Pitt the first time that, um, that they felt like they had met all the uh, qualifications to be able to play the Pitt game, but the ACC decided no. And uh, so he was, he was already not happy. It was rescheduled the first time. I'm sure, um, you know, this, the frustration has got to be at an all time high, you know, from what I understand, again, it's one test, um, one positive test, a lot of contact tracing, which I think is inevitable in basketball. And, um, you know, I just, it's, uh, it's just a tough situation. And, and you, you, you wonder two things. One, how does it affect them 
um, you know, just in terms of, you know, just staying in a rhythm, staying in a flow. Obviously, they came out of the first one well. We don't know how they'll come out of this one. Um, but then also, you know, you, you, I mean, there's so many levels, how it affects you from a seating standpoint, if you only play 20 games or whatever it is. And then also, you know, it just stinks for a guy like MJ Walker, who's a senior or Scotty Barnes, who's a, might only be in college for one year that, you know, a third of their season is, <laughs> is going to be gone because of, of tests that maybe have nothing at all to do with them. It's just, you know, just another reminder of how crappy this whole situation is. And I, and I wonder, uh, for a team that is so close, and we, we've talked about it for years now, the chemistry they have and the, the selflessness they have, man, that could be fractured a little bit in a situation like this. If there's 16 guys that are doing everything right and somebody gets COVID, and again, we're not, you know, we're, well, nobody's trying just, to get COVID. Let me just interrupt you there. From what I understand, I don't think it's a situation that, that – I mean, I can't get too far into it, but I don't think anybody's getting blamed for this is what I'm saying. Um, so I, 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 you know, I, you never Someone know. Now partying and putting everybody no, else. Exactly. At risk. Yeah. Yeah. So because I wouldn't think... you, wouldn't you think that if there was something like that, it could really yeah, it cause could a rift. Yeah. Yeah. It could. It's just like, man, like, man, I've been doing this. I've been in a bubble by myself for three months and now we can't play for another three games because of you. So it's exciting to hear Ira say that according to your sources, Ira, that's not the case here. No, I don't think so. And, and you know, the, the frustrating thing is, you know, you heard talk last time that there was a feeling that some of the, you know, the, the tests were, were false positives. And then, you know, and I remember the, during the, um, during the season in football, remember the whole thing without the SEC had, you could test out of a false positive, but the ACC didn't have that provision. Um, and I need to check if they've changed that, but I, I guess they don't have that option because they've already gone ahead and postponed those all three games. Um, so, you know, again, it's if you if the situation is not what Corey hypothesized, if it is a, some something where they're questioning whether or not um, this even is a positive test and whether or not it even would be um, any sort of threat of an outbreak, then you and you have those games postponed. I mean, just imagine how frustrating that has to be, because that's how they felt about it the last time. Well, I do wonder, I mean, this is going to affect a lot of schools, obviously, in terms of the seeding. We know they have to play the NCAA tournament, guys. <laughs> they're yes. they're going to have a damn tournament come hell or high water. And I don't know what you do in this situation. Have you even heard them postulate about what they would do if you've got a team that, let's say play, one team plays 16 games and another one plays 27? I mean, what what do you do with that? Um, what if Florida State finishes 17 and three? That's a gaudy record. That's a great record. But, you know, obviously it may not be enough to say. Be a top two seed or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that, what that means for them. Yeah, no, I I don't either. It's going to be, look, we've never, it's unprecedented. Uh, You would think it would be, you know, they would still use all the metrics. The metrics are still being used no matter how many games you play, like the the BPI and the OPS and the, TWA, whatever they're using, um, you know, I, they're still using all those. But, yeah, I also think, yeah, I if you've only played 19 games and another team has played 30 and y'all are right there in the in this, uh, spot for the third, a third seed, a three or a four, I'd probably go with the team that played 30 games. I mean, if you only played 19 games, I'll bump you down to a five. Big deal. I'll bump you down to a six if you're almost a five. I mean, I, I think Florida State will feel the brunt of some of that. If they finish, say, 14 and 6, 15 and 5, I don't think they're going to be a three. Um, that's just the, the you know, they haven't played, they won't have played enough games. 
Seminole Headlines 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Since we'll have opportunities to talk uh, with the headliner questions about the basketball team and some of the curiosities about what we do from here now that some of these games are postponed or canceled altogether, let's segue over to the good news this week. Uh, Ira and I talked about it on the wildly popular Jeff Cameron show weekdays, three to six, Monday through Friday, Corey. And uh, he joined me for his usual four o'clock spot. And we talked a little bit about the momentum being gained. I know you have as well on Wake Up War Chant, the the momentum being gained in recruiting. Uh, Say it isn't so. I mean, there's there's a bit of positivity in the air. It looks like they're connecting with some kids, getting kids for 2022, certainly to say yes uh, and that's interesting given the fact that it certainly be, can't be because of the product on the field. You got to like that pipeline to the Arizona quarterbacks, huh? <laughs> Jeez, Louise, there, there's yeah. other states in the union, guys. <laughs> you can recruit other states. Um, uh, yeah, man, I, I think, you know, what are they, fifth in rivals right now, Ira? I know it's really early. It almost doesn't even matter it's so early. But yeah. I do think it matters when you're selling your plan to other recruits. To say, look, there are other guys that are coming on board. We're, we're number five right now in recruiting, which I'm sure they're sending that to all the to all the players they're recruiting. Look, we're, we do have some momentum. And then on top of the piggybacking that off the transfer stuff and the and the transfers and the the high impact transfers they got, yeah, it's a good off season. We want to see how they do during the season. But right now, I think uh, they've had a really good two months. And what's cool is they've got some of the kids that they signed in 2021, like. That Hunter Washington, the DB from Texas, and um, the uh, Joshua Burrell, the receiver from South Carolina, and some of those players, they're very active on social media. So every time, uh, you know, every time FSU landed a transfer from the portal, you know, you'd have all those guys kind of hyping it up. Then you have current players. That's one other thing I think has been cool is a lot of the current players, like Amari Gaynor uh, and Deontay Sheffield, some of those other guys, they're very active on social media. And every time, you know, a, a kid. Uh, puts out a top five list or or whatever, or says he's transferring from a school, those guys are are very quick to jump in and be like, hey, you know, look at look at Florida State, check, you know, they'll do the googly eyes emoji and all those things. And I think that all, again, just kind of adds to a perception that Florida State is a good place to be. When you've got 21, 2021 signees, you got the kid, uh, uh, and Travis Hunter and Georgia is one of the top players in the country Superstar, yeah. in 2022. You've got these transfers coming in. It's almost like you've got it in stereo now. Um, different voices all hyping up Florida State, and that's got to help with these other recruits. Yeah, it's 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 really rewarding when you consider the fan bases had very little to latch on to to believe things were turning around. And I think this is evidence that they might be. Now, Corey's right. I mean, if ultimately, if you don't go win games, A, you lose some of these recruits, and B, all of the momentum is halted. But I think that anybody that says yes to Florida State right now is a pretty damn solid commit because after seeing what Florida State's been for four years, if you say, I want to go there, okay. I mean, that means you believe in whatever vision it is you've heard from the coaches because there's nothing else to believe in. It's certainly not been the byproduct on the field. You can't You can't point to that. And and so to me, yes. The other thing about that, Ira, is if you've got current players who went through the hell of last year or even the year before that are still on this roster and they're active on social media to celebrate and to to recruit people and to tell them to come here, 
Well, clearly those kids have absolutely bought in and are all pulling in the same direction, which would reveal to the fan base that finally the locker room's united, which it hasn't been in a long time. Yeah, you know, it's uh, sorry to interrupt you, Corey, but like it's funny, you know, the you, we hear reports out of the offseason workouts and that everybody's on the same page, and it's easy to roll your eyes at that sure. because sure. you know this time of year every locker room is is fired up. Uh, but in this particular situation, no, I, I definitely think it's a good. I think you would have, I think we would be getting a sense um, if 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 that wasn't the case. And um, you know, the other thing I think about, you know, with these recruits is. Part of it's the quarterbacks. You know, you can't underestimate how important it is. As great as Travis Hunter is in 2022, um, when you sign quarterbacks, and I think Chubba Purdy, you know, was a four-star guy last year. You've got uh, another four-star guy, Rivals 250 guy, in uh, Nico Marchio, who's who's committed now. That also gets guys' attention. I mean, they if you don't if you struggle in recruiting quarterbacks, I just think that that sends a bad message also to other players. So that so getting another quarterback, I think, is a big deal. And, you know, when he goes back to Travis Hunter, I know a lot of people will not be comfortable until he's actually punched in the number on the fax machine and sent his uh, signature to Florida State. But, yeah, Jeff brings up a good point. Like, if he was going to be wavering, it would be after an awful 3-6 and six season. And it's not like Georgia and Clemson don't know who he is. And it's not like he hasn't been hearing from them. So, you know, sometimes you get worried, like, oh, they're going to – all the big boys are going to start coming after him now. I mean, you know – Theoretically, Florida State is a big boy. But Travis Hunter's been hearing from them for a year anyway. Like, he he's already felt the pressure from the in-state schools, and he's already seen Florida State to the absolute worst, and he's on Twitter celebrating everything and being, like, the number one recruiter. So then you start to wonder, well, what, what could happen in the fall that would be worse than what happened this fall that would make him change his mind? The, he had a great – there was a great exchange uh, last week, and, you know, I don't know what percentage of our listeners – are also active on Twitter and paying attention to what the kids are saying. But um, Chad Simmons from Rivals went and interviewed him, and he and uh, Travis said, yeah, you know, I've got Clemson. Some other schools are, are showing me a lot more attention now. And uh, basically he said that doesn't change anything. So Chad Simmons tweeted that, and then Travis Hunter retweeted and just put too late. You know, yeah. that's pretty cool for, for you know, for, for, for a high school kid to tell Dabo Sweeney and Clemson at this point, not too late. Yeah, yeah. They said suck it is what he said. That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's, yeah, he, that's what he said. I think, uh, honestly, there are kids out there, we saw it with Jimbo, that if you get on them early and show them love before some of the other big schools do, and you're one of the first to the party to really reach out and recruit them, that kind of loyalty is reciprocated occasionally. Not often. Kids can waver. They're young. Obviously, they're subject to the whims of emotion. We get all of that. But if you if that we have seen examples where a guy rose through the rankings, the rivals rankings, right, and eventually went from a three star to a five star, and the teams that were on him very early and contacted him very early and remained vigilant are rewarded. They, they, those kids remember that, and they and they have a little bit of frustration and disdain for those that got were late to the party. So you can get lucky there. Not a lot. It doesn't happen every day. But if you get a kid like that who also understands Florida State's history and is very loyal and is unwavering, he wants to be part of it, he wants to wear that spear on the helmet, then you get a few others, like a legacy, like if Marvin Jones' kid comes here, obviously. Ira, you just bring up the, the quarterbacks. Uh, you know, the, uh, that Nicole kid, is it, he, he went down to Florida and visited Gainesville and still chose Florida State. And Florida's had a lot of success on offense lately. So that's a real good sign, too. I, I think – 
there's a there's just a little bit of evidence that they've gathered some momentum, which is usually reserved for year number one, right? Uh, you get that bump when you're a new coaching staff just by being new, just creating a buzz and being new to the – and they didn't get that last year. They got screwed. And I feel like this is kind of replacing that. This is their first little kick here where they've got a few kids saying yes and there's a buzz being created. Yeah, will it translate to long-term success? I don't know, but I know it can't if you don't get a few yeses from these types of kids. Yeah, I, I think Travis Hunter's a really big deal, uh, a really big deal for the future of this program. Um, well, the, I shouldn't I shouldn't put that much weight on it for the future of this class because if you have a guy that's, what, top 10 in the country, might be in, in play for the best player in the country by the time it's all said and done, he's, on your, he's in your recruiting rankings, he's solidly committed, he's recruiting other kids – Man, you know, other kids might be wondering about, eh, I don't know if I want to go there. Are they going to win? Well, it's like, man, the five-star from Gwinnett County's on board. There's nothing wrong with you. You can take a chance, too. He's willing to do it. I just think that kind of stuff helps. I'm much like um, it could be like the LaMarcus effect in 2010. Yeah. We it all could be similar. We're all searching for that LaMarcus effect, man. Everybody references it because it's true. We watched what that did. Yeah. Yeah, he started the snowball. I mean, well, you know, Jimbo helped, but he started the snowball along with Jeff Luke. Yeah, that's what, what Jimbo used to say, and we've talked about it a million times, but, you know, that he, those two guys kind of, they, they sent out the signal to every other recruit, hey, it's okay to sign with Florida State again. And uh, it's a big deal, especially when a team's been struggling. And, and I mean, it's not necessarily going to mean all those other kids are going to jump on board. But I think it's the same thing with the the, the transfers. I mean, how much, how much did, um, uh, Mackenzie Milton's decision affect some of those other transfers that came on board later. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, it's kind of a, Hey, it's a sign that, you know, this is a place to be. And I think you've got, again, right now you've kind of got a vortex with all of them. You've got the younger kids, you've got the current players, and then you've got the the transfers all kind of endorsing Mike Norvell and this coaching staff. Again, we all know they got to prove it on the field, but from that standpoint, it's all going in the right direction. I got a funny story about Mackenzie Milton's commitment to Florida State. It happened while I was at a Buccaneers game. I had taken my youngest son. I went to two games this year. It was a good year to take the boys to their first ever Bucks games. Um, so they can both say for this Super Bowl season that they they were there. But of course, they yeah, got they didn't get to soak up the Raymond James experience like you'd like them to. Maybe that's yeah. a little later when they're teenagers. <laughs> they didn't, but. One thing that they did do was uh, listen to the colorful language from Bucks fans that uh, frequently is heard at, at, at any NFL game, for that matter, by the way. And one of those, and this is how it relates to McKenzie Milton, uh, yeah, they, they've got you spaced out, but there are some guys, two guys, probably in their mid-20s, uh, sitting about four rows behind us. And uh, I was listening to their conversation, and they were talking about, players that they liked and players that they didn't like. And clearly this guy checks his phone and it had come down that Mackenzie Milton had decided to sign with Florida state and commit to Florida state. And the one guy goes, Hey man, you're right. The Knowles just got Mackenzie Milton. And he goes, I told you, bitch, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> he stood up and goes, I'm getting a beer. You want one? He was so pumped. And I mean, the other guy was like, I can't believe he said yes to us. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's fun. So, I mean, that was that was the mindset, you know, because yeah. even though it made sense to, for Florida State, I think a lot of people just figured, oh, man, he ain't going to come here. 
Well, with that offensive line being what it is, the lack of success over the course of four years, other suitors being available with proven offenses, yeah, man. I mean, it didn't make – you know, you could see why he would say no. Um, But, you know, I'll always remember that. So will my youngest. I told you, bitch, here we go. Yes, yeah. it's, it's kind of how everybody looks at the McKenzie Milton signing. Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. All of that being said, do we suspect we get any new news for tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow being what it is, Ira, I know uh, you might be busy, Corey. You might be busy tomorrow. We'll see. I, I don't think we expect much, but are we getting any buzz? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know they've got the uh, the receiver Destin Hill. There's two two rivals, two fifty members, and they're still uh, in the hunt for Destin Hill, receiver out of Louisiana. That uh, I think most people think Florida State is going to get. It's a little uneasy because he could have signed in December. We've been told, you know, everything we've heard is that he's coming to Florida State for like literally eight months. So when it hasn't happened yet, you start to wonder, well, why hasn't it happened yet? Um, but uh, they, you know, everybody expects. Him to be uh, committing to Florida State in the morning, and then uh, they're still in it for Taiwan Malone, defensive tackle out of uh, uh, the Northeast. Who, you know, a lot of people are pegging po- possibly for Ole Miss or maybe Texas A&M, um, but I don't think anybody really knows for sure. He's he's been pretty private and quiet during the whole process. He did visit Florida State on his own dime a few, uh, about a month or so ago, so uh, we'll see how that plays out. He's committing later in the afternoon, and uh, there might be one more. You know, it wouldn't be surprised me if there's another player out there that maybe flips, um, but nobody uh, that we could name right now. And then, you know, again, I think if they if they only get one tomorrow, I don't think that's a big problem because I still think that they feel pretty good about getting two or three more transfers. Well, and and the Taiwan Malone kid is the baseball player for people that, that right. are wondering, and so that's why you hear schools like Texas A and M in the mix. Well, also because Texas A and M recruits well, um, but but Ole Miss as well. I'm talking about schools that will pay the player. So you know, obviously you gotta you right. gotta you know, we'll see if we're able to ante up, if you will. Um, it, it it'll be interesting. But he does love baseball and really really is hell bent on playing baseball and loves Florida State baseball. So. It could happen. Mike Martin, did yeah. you do your job, Meet? I know uh, you no, the show. Did you do your job? No, they definitely – he has been uh, – he's been uh, very vocal about the fact that he loves Mike Metcalf and Mike Martin Jr. Uh, they've done a great job recruiting him for a long, long time. I mean, I think they've uh, – you know, they've recruited him as a baseball player, whether or not the football team was going to get involved or not. Football did, obviously. but um, So he'll be on football scholarship wherever he ends up signing. But – uh, he wants to play both sports, and they they love him as a baseball player, and he he gets that impression. So if he does sign, a big part of it's going to be because of baseball. And we want a dude that big wearing a Seminole baseball uniform because it's always fun as hell to see that come to the plate. Yeah, I don't have they had anybody quite like that. Who? Like, hey, I was going to ask you this: Wasn't there a kid who was the kid? He was. I mean, huge. Jacoby what? McDaniel. Jacoby McDaniel. I don't think was quite that big, but he but he played baseball for a little bit. Yeah, there was a kid they had. Uh, God, I'm gonna remember this kid's name. He 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 was sizable. I don't I don't want to be cruel in the way I describe him, but he was not a football player. He was just a baseball player. And I, I, I Corey, I figured you would jump at this. I think his name was Reggie, but I can't remember. It might have been before you came here. It could be all the way back when I was doing PA. I don't know. The years tend to blend together these days. Uh, but they had a kid who was massive. Um, that they either played at DH or first base and. Um, pretty much You're thinking of Nigel Big Jelly. No, no, man, that was a basketball player. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> no, I'll think of it, man. It's going to drive me nuts. Problem is, we record this in the morning, and by the time this airs this afternoon, everybody will be like, dude, you're thinking of so-and-so, so-and-so, and it's going to drive me nuts. Right. Maybe I'll look at it during the break. I'll, I'll find it out. If, um, it turn, if it turns out he's a black guy named Jerry, this whole thing, it's oh, just going to be... Oh, it's ruined. It's ruined. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, dude, Jerry Rice. Jerry Smith, Yeah. <laughs> Jerry Judy, you dumbasses! Yeah. We named him. He was the only one we could was think he of. The only he was the only black Jerry we got. We named. I thought of Jerry Johnson, who played at Florida State yeah, for a little while. I think was on the staff, and then Jerry Judy. So we came up with a receiver. We did named we Jerry. Never Jerry Rice. But we came up with a kid in college and not Jerry Rice. So hey, it wasn't our finest moment. Yeah, that was good between the three of us. Hey, I was going to ask, Ira brought it up earlier. Have either one of you ever used googly eyes in either hey, a tweet so or a text? I have, uh, but it, it is my very favorite one that the kids use. That's my favorite one. Uh, the googly eyes is good. It always makes me chuckle more than any of the other the googly eyes. eyes? Yeah. They make me laugh. All right. All right. Ira, not you? Uh, I don't think I've ever. I don't know. I might have tweeted yeah, it. I tweet, try, in a tweet. I, in a tweet. Yeah, I might have tweeted it. I mean, you know, I know, the, I know you have. Don't I just try, try to, to, boy. You've you've tweeted it. Try to fit in with the young the young people, you know. Yeah. Try to. I've I, I might have dabbled in the googly eyes. Before. I've never done it. I just when you said that, I realized I've never ever not in a text, not in a tweet. I've never done googly eyes. Have you used yeah. Have you used the fire the fire emoji? Oh, all the time. Anytime <laughs> I'm sending pics to Stephanie, <laughs> I throw some fire in there so she knows that I'm yeah. that, you know how look hot at, this is. Babe, look at these socks. Yeah, that's right. Fire. Should I buy these? I, I wasn't talking about those kind of pictures. Yeah, just something at the grocery store or something. Yeah, I, uh, I, I have not sent it in a personal text, but I'm now going to make it my mission to send Corey a text with googly eyes. Yeah, please do. And I'm, I need to figure out a way to use it to, uh, to use it myself because I feel like I'm being left behind in the text game. So three kids tomorrow potentially, we think, and if they don't get uh, all three. Um, you know that then then they're still going to be looking in the transfer market. I know that everybody is awaiting uh, an offensive tackle. We're still waiting for an offensive tackle. There's nobody on the radar for tomorrow's signings. No, I don't think so. I think if 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 they get an offensive tackle, it's going to be in the transfer market. I know that they still want to do that, and I think they plan to do that. Um, but you know, part of that's going to be determined by you know who kind of comes onto the market. But I don't think there's any right now that that are obvious, and I don't think it's going to be a high school player. I could be wrong, but but I think it'll be a, a transfer. Can't we get some big some bitch that's started some games in, in the SEC that's ready to come over here and play tackle? Come on, let's go. Let's get one of these kids. we got to pay the right. It's going to be the three of us that, that make it happen. One way or the other, we're going to start getting offensive tackles here. <laughs> some, some point, man, some bona fides, some kids that started 30 games that are just disgruntled and frustrated that want to come in and play. Because you can come in and play here. You could that that's the yeah. advantage of Yeah, but if he's already played 30 games in the SEC, why would he come to Florida State? I don't know. Uh money? I don't maybe okay. he's but, he's but, been surpassed. But the problem is they're they're the 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 window, or I guess, or the the parameters for what they're looking for are not quite as wide open as it was two years ago. You know, when when you when you're throwing out Abdul Bello and Juwan Williams and all those guys. <laughs> Like literally, if if you if you've played the position before, Florida State's yeah. interested. The the bar has been raised a little bit. I mean, yeah, you know, it's not like they're just gonna take anybody that walks off the street. I think they feel like Darius Washington can play. I feel like they feel like 
Robert Smith can play. Um, you know, Robert, Robert Scott. Scott can play, and they feel like Devontae Love Taylor could play if they need him to tackle. So, uh, you know, it's it's not just we're taking all comers. They they need to get a guy with a certain level of skill and experience. So that kind of you know your your pool's a little smaller. Yeah, I don't want a bum, Ira. I don't want a bum. I, I, in in the past, I was just taking able body individuals. Correct. Yeah, you just needed bodies. Yeah, you just had to have physically a person who could, you could roll out there, and so that's not a missing spot. Did you but, guys realize like FCS schools are about to play football? Like yes, in a few weeks. Yeah. What are they so, really? So it's like the the whatever the West is the not the Mountain West, but the one of those West Big Sky or something like that is about to play. Yeah, there might be some. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah. It, yeah man, they're, good, they're yeah. Yeah, yeah there's going to be football. There's yeah. going to be football. And so that's the other thing is some of those players, you know, could be – they could play in the – I guess they could play in the spring and then tr- transfer after that. Corey, we uh, got like Eastern Washington State taking on, uh, you know, uh, East Colorado State coming up. I missed the blood red field. It'll be good to see that again. Um, yeah, so Norvell's got to be going all over the country scouting these things, right? Like go find yourself somebody that's dominating. You don't you don't just get a good FCS offensive tackle. <laughs> you get the best one in America, right? On that's the, what you got to do. On March twenty first, maybe he'll go over and watch a little bit of. Uh, I think we got uh, Elon and William and Mary playing on March twentieth. Maybe oh. via. You think he? You don't think he's going to get anybody there? I don't know if Elon's pr- producing Florida State caliber offensive tackles. How about uh, San Diego? San Diego's playing. Okay. All right. Not San Diego State. San Diego. Okay. All right. Even better. Sam Houston, Lamar. Sam Houston, Lamar. It's always a, you look, when you look in the NFL draft, there's always a couple of guys in the first three rounds that come from some school that shouldn't have a, a first or second day pick. So there might be one out there, man, that's tired of playing at Sam Houston State or is tired of playing at San Diego, wants to go to the big, or Elon. ETSU. ETSU, Jeff. Baby, here we go. Randy Sanders turning them out. Let's go. Who do they open with? You know, I, I don't just know. had it. Oh, I, Ira. Sh- I didn't bother to look. I should have looked. They um, actually are the apparently the first game. Well, in this this little schedule I'm looking at, they're playing March 12th against Furman. Yeah, oh, okay. well, listen, Furman's, Furman's our tribal. Uh, by the way, so like the Big South, uh, the Big Sky, Corey, uh, you got you got uh, the MBFC. Um, they're they're playing too. Uh, the CAA they're playing. Okay. Starting, dude, we got games in February this month. The Big Sky is playing this month. Wow, how about that? I'm a oh man, team. you you get, we're gonna scratch that football itch. Usually it's the Super Bowl, and then we got a, we got so much time before our next game. But no, no, no we no. got Big Sky coming two weeks later. Yeah, the Big Sky is upon us. They unveiled their they unveiled their 2021 spring football schedule already. Uh, right there from the home offices of Farmington, Utah. And <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> they wanted everybody to know it's time to get it on. February 27th, Portland State taking on Eastern Washington. And if you feel like staying up for the nightcap, you get a little northern Colorado at Idaho. We remember <laughs> Idaho coming in here and taking oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I, I like the fact that these leagues refuse to play in the, in, in the fall. Now they're going to play now when we've got new strains. Yeah. yeah. It's as as crazy as it's ever been. (laughs) Yeah, now's the time to suit up. That makes sense. Hey, but I will say this, Corey and Ira, is it Montana or Montana State? Which one is the really good one? Is it Montana, the Grizzlies that have won like a million times? I thought it was Montana State. Well, hey, 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 guess what? 
They're both playing. They're both okay, playing. Good. Good. We got good. Montana State at UC Davis, and we got a little Montana at Northern Arizona. I mean, good grief, man. This is a this is a football fan's dream. Who's hosting the party on February 27th? That's all I'm saying. Come on, yeah. here we go. Yeah. I'll get together with you guys for that. Let's, By the let's way, what are happen. you doing for a Super Bowl, Jeff? I'm locking it down at the house. I can't be around people. It's a chance to win a Super Bowl. You don't get too, too many opportunities. I can't be like these hangers-on yelling, people don't care. No, I can't have that. Yeah, I remember, see, the last Super Bowl that the Falcons were in, it was a big group of us. Now, we were all Falcons fans, though, so that oh, helps. That helps. That now, helps. so if you were around a bunch of Buccaneers fans, would that help? Would you hang out with Tom Lang? Yeah, yeah, Tom and I could probably hold it down. I don't know about anybody else. Yeah. So let's, a little too nervous? Yeah. Too nervous. Let's Let's revisit that 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 uh, Super Bowl party, Corey. So, so in the in the final minutes, let me start with me throwing up at four in the morning, and then we'll work backward from there. <laughs> so I just want to know what was there silence at the end, or like how how would you characterize the the discussion, the chatter once you guys realized what was about to happen? Hey, so okay, then- yeah, two part two prong question. I want to piggyback on Iris because. I we all saw what was happening. We all right. kind of knew long before it got tied that you were in a, a lot of trouble. <laughs> that this was starting to go sideways, and then weird things started happening, like you refused to give the ball to Devonta Freeman, yeah. and things like that began to happen. But I and then that weird miracle catch where it yeah. was possible that it didn't hit the ground, but then it clearly didn't. And the next thing you knew, you're like, oh, they're going to lose. They're going to lose. But did you refuse to believe that until the two-point conversion tied it? Or when did you, yeah, to Iris' point, when did you all know collectively we're effed? Uh, I I knew they were effed when it was 28-20 and uh, Julio made that incredible catch, the catch of his life, Yeah. to put them well within field goal range. We had the best kicker in the league. Yeah. All you have to do is run it three times and kick the field goal. You're up 31-20 to at the two-minute warning. Instead? Instead, you ran it once, lost three yards, Tried a play-action pass, uh, got called for holding, got sacked, and then ended up punting. That's a tough when you, sequence. When you, when you have first down at like the 26, in an Ooh. NFL game, you end up punting. Once that happened, I'm like, well, man, maybe they won't get the two-point conversion. Maybe they'll bat down the – I knew they were going to go score a touchdown. There was no doubt. But I thought maybe the Falcons could bat down the pass. But that didn't happen. But and, in I- fact, people forget the Patriots scored so quickly to tie the game – the Falcons got the ball back in regulation, still with a chance to maybe go kick a game-winning field goal, and that didn't happen. They never got the ball again. But but what I want to know is, was it silence, or were was there like a lot of gnashing and oh man? Well, they were kind of, look. It was a weird combination. There were probably thirty-five people in that basement. There were you know fifteen guys, wives, kids, and this was five years ago. Brady was seven years old, eight years old. And uh, so the cussing was there, but we tried to tamper it down a little bit. But there were uh, there were expletives being thrown, oh, around, I, I as, you, as you can imagine. Were, yeah, those kids learned some things that day. They and did. I, they saw their dads in states they had never seen them before. <laughs> man, I have so much. And I and I. What's crazy about it, though, man, is I people when I say I threw, I did throw up that night. Not crazy throw up, but it wasn't because I drank a ton. It was legitimately the anxiety in your stomach. Of yeah. watching a twenty-five point lead disappear, I got I got to tell you, and this is not nice, and I'm not trying to be an ass, but well, that two thousand two Super Bowl that the Bucks did win, uh, right. 
it was it was such an easy watch, Corey. It was the antithesis yeah. of what you're talking about because yeah. the game was a blowout from the second quarter on. The Bucks were clearly the best team in football by a lot. Yeah, the fa- well, see, the Falcons didn't have Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp and those guys. <laughs> and they weren't playing Rich Effin Gannon. Yeah, who had one old ass feet. Well, yeah, sure, right. We saw we saw how great he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were playing the best of all time. And yeah, it was uh you knew it was coming. You just knew it was coming. But what are you gonna do, man? What are you gonna do? I'm over it, man. It was fun. It was a great game, guys. I'm glad it's a great part of sports history. I'm glad we went down memory lane. We'll wrap up the hour momentarily. Hang tough. Seminal headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Yeah, so probably uh, that's just going to be a, a simple watch at the house. I've already kind of warned my kids that, you know, you know listen, when, when we lock into the Super Bowl, we lock into the Super Bowl. Daddy's team is in the Super Bowl. This is not like any willy-nilly Super Bowl. The Bucks are in it. You don't get right. any chances. Also, it puts you in another realm. You win a second Super Bowl, it's just straight middle fingers to everybody from here on out. Nobody's really going to be able to say anything to me at that point. I'll be like, well, unless you're a Steelers fan, Cowboys fan, 49ers fan, or Patriots fan, you can all go to hell. That's fine. I mean, at that point, we're right up there with the most dominant franchises in history. You're like, <laughs> boys, boys, you can come in the room, but I can't tell you you're not going to get smacked back out of the room. Like, <laughs> Yeah, uh, you you just need to be careful. Is all I'm saying. Careful what you let say. Let me ask you this: say yeah. say the Bucks are up fourteen to nothing, and your kids haven't really been paying close attention. They've actually been in their room studying or playing video studying. games or something. They're not gonna be studying. But I know. I was just throwing that out there. And then they come into the game. They come into your room, and immediately Mahomes hits a seventy yard touchdown pass. Do you make them leave? No, I've gotten past that. Okay, because no. I would. Yeah, I, I've gotten past that. I'm actually <laughs> Corey kicked Brady out of the house. I, I abandoned him. To, I banished him up to his, to his upstairs. Room, yeah, kid. yeah. I have gotten better in these moments. The Green Bay game stressed me out in that fourth quarter. Obviously, uh, when things started to go a little awry. Yeah, see, um, it's not fun to have a big lead like that. It starts to it starts to slip away from you a little bit. You know, your your Hall of Fame quarterback throws a pick, and then he throws another pick. Yeah, another pick. You're kind of like. My man, that's not why we brought you here. What are we man, doing here? Too bad he uh, didn't do that four years ago in that Super Bowl. Yeah. But, My life would be so much different. <laughs> but but I will say, the only time one of my kids got yelled at, uh, and yelled at, it's relative, my voice raised an octave. Clark, my youngest, uh, he's 10 for those listening, asked after the third interception, why does he keep doing that? <laughs> and... I didn't like the question, <laughs> and so I commented about the question, and uh, right. and, and then he and then Christy gave me a look, and then I was like, "Well, what? That's just a, that's just dumb." What you? <laughs> yeah, and you're then, not three, Clark. Yeah, you're ten. Yeah, let's ask some big boy questions. Well, and Christy gave me another look, and then she told Clark that he should go paint. Good choice. And, yeah, yeah. And, and he and he was kind of mad at his dad at that point, so he did. He went he went to go paint. Uh, he's got an easel and everything set up out in the garage. So he went to go paint and then Bryce hung tough with me the whole game. He never left. That's my older boy. He's 13. He gets it. He's heard the words. He gets the sentiments and the frustrations, right. and everything in between. He just sat there calm watching kind of, I think kind of gauging his dad's behavior, but I was pretty solid with him. And at the end he did the big boy thing. He gave me a hug. He said, we're going to the Super Bowl." I think, I think this is the problem with COVID is normally 
you would have a friend like Corey or Ira or somebody else around who yeah. could have walked who could have walked behind Clark and, and put an arm around his shoulder yep. as he's leaving the room and said, "Look, man, sports makes men become yeah. times, <laughs> and you just you just have to you've learned that lesson. It's okay. It, Dad doesn't mean anything." Right. I don't know if it's, I'm the friend for that because I feel like I would have pushed Clark into the room to paint <laughs> and said, hey, dummy, he's not trying to throw interceptions. He's making bad throws. He's not reading the defense. The and, safety came over. Why don't you and, ask a grown-up question, and, Clark? And if Mike Evans could time his jump better, yeah, he would be yeah, in this situation. Yeah, yeah. sometimes Evans uh, – anyhow. So, I, yeah, I know that, that – uh, They've they've seen it before though. They've seen their dad more worked up over a Florida State game uh, than they not not recent years. These recent years, they've just seen me resign to sadness. Uh, right. I don't even I don't even flinch when we throw a pick or go three and out. It happens so frequently. I'm just kind of like, well, there we are. You know, I don't even say anything. Like it, it when Louisville receivers are just running free down the middle of the field. Yeah. There's nobody on my television screen guarding them time and again. They look over. They're waiting for me to say something, and I'm like, "That's who we are, boys." Well, and the <laughs> difference, in the difference in your situation where you get the ball back and you know you just need a first down, maybe two, yeah. Versus Corey's situation where he's thinking, "Man, we we get, we still have a chance to hear score here in regulation." Is you believed Tom Brady was going to come through in that situation because he's come through in that situation so many times? Correct. Corey, or you didn't really believe Matt Ryan. Or you was didn't gonna... think Matt Ryan was bringing you anywhere down no. there. No, and I, I wasn't even – I didn't really even care about the coin toss in overtime. I'm like, what would it matter? So we could punt, give him the ball at midfield? Nope. Doesn't matter. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, there was a feel a feel of inevitability there. That was uh, – that's a toughie. We had a lot well, of- hey, but I'll be I, – I guess I'll be rooting for the Bucks. I haven't quite decided. I like to try to pick a t- – I just – it's hard to root for Tom Brady. But uh, we yeah, have- I, have fr- I have friends that are Tampa Bay fans. You've met them, Jeff. And uh, I'll probably probably cheer for Tampa just for that. But I won't be sad if if Mahomes wins. I think when he gets to the fifth or sixth or ninth Super Bowl, I'll start to get tired of it. But right now, I like watching that guy play. I'm already sick of him. Who the hell could like Patrick Mahomes already? It's ridiculous. He's Superman. Get him out of here. We're done. Uh, Yeah, what is he, 20? What is he, 24? He's ridiculous. He's he's the greatest I've ever seen at that age. Get him off the field. We're done. I was going to say, I think – 80% 80% of the NFL or fans uh, are all about my Patrick Mahomes. I think yeah, you're going to be doing it for another 15 years. Yeah, they're just wrong, Ira. I mean, come on. this You're watching aging greatness in a way that we've never seen before. Let's root for more history, not less history. Let's go. Here we go. Mahomes got 20 more years to do this. Let's let my man Brady get his seventh Super Bowl. We all want to see this. It's his 10th time there. How could yeah. you be sick of that? Just yeah. celebrate excellence, guys. Celebrate He's excellence. playing in his 10th Super Bowl. Yeah. That's, I mean, what? I know. He's been to a third of the Super Bowls ever played. I mean, it's great. It's, 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 yeah, really, I don't think that's true, but it's close. Uh, that, that's, it, it's crazy, though, man. It's just, it's just crazy. And he wasn't good enough at Michigan to beat out Drew Henson his yeah. last year there. And then imagine the Cowboys thought Drew Henson was going to be good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a tough time. So did the Yankees, for that matter. He was good yeah, for right. neither one. Neither, neither sport. One. No, neither, he was a zero sports star. <laughs> Headliner questions forthcoming. Hang in. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next.